guys, welcome to episode 39 oh, of so CMD good. Towers Brews and Builds. I'm Mr. Common number five, and my fellow host has grown a better beard than Gosta Dirk in the quarantine, Big Tuck. What's Gosta going on, Tuck? Dirk. Hi. Uh, it is a fierce beard. I, nice. You know, it's it's been nice. It's been uh, it's been an experiment. I don't think I've let it go this long for a while. Uh, I also want to say, uh, hey, snakelets and hatchlings? Question mark. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, I got bit. And you'll see more of them. Also, uh, hashtag suck it. Uh, hashtag uh, coward Dan. Need to get that one out. Uh, and hashtag scallop potatoes because I had potatoes for dinner yesterday. So uh, nice. no, I'm doing. I kind of. I kind of feel like. The week before last was hard because it was my birthday and I pretty much was in a snooper the whole week. And then last week was kind of recovering and like dealing with some work stuff. Sure. People were moving around a bunch of stuff. But like this week so far, I'm like kind of hitting my stride, maybe hitting a new season as Ooh. we know how I like to describe areas of my life. So or or is it a reboot? Ooh, I kind of, yeah, kind of, like, I kind of, I kind of got the mojo. I think seeing my brother and sister-in-law for the first time in a long time was very helpful, and my niece. So, uh, yeah, but how are you, Mr. Combo? I know we've, it's... You can't tell, but uh, he looks a little haggard. Yeah, uh, I'm a l- I'm feeling a little rough. I've been up since 1 a.m. Uh, yeah. Just for some reason, you know, we got done doing 40 Life in a Dash yesterday. Uh, I think I went to bed at 9 o'clock. I mean, yeah, nothing normal. crazy. And uh, I woke up at like 1 and just could not go back to sleep. So, uh, powered through, did a bunch of work, like starting at like 5 a.m., uh, ended around 1 p.m., and then uh, took a Trazodone, <laughs> and that just straight knocked me out. I mean, I woke up in a pile of drool. Nice. Uh, I look like I'm on death's doorstep. You're lucky. Well, I'm pretty sure you're in like an alternate sleep universe. Well, right and now. You're, also, you're just like your schedule's all out of whack and you're sleeping during the day. You're also, also kind of lucky that you didn't sleep through this. Like, I mean, you took a, you took a sleeping pill. What if you woke up at like No, I had an alarm set. What What if you don't remember any of oh, this? Oh, great question. Ah, well, you know, that's a risk. Only, only time, only time. Well, we have an audio history of it, so you can, you know, yeah, there you, you, you can memento yourself and uh, get this out and have Oh, man. Well, guys, thanks for watching the episode, and this was only able to happen with the help of Squee McGee and his audio production company, Rich Chaos Records, here in Kansas City. What's going on? Uh, what are we still, Reverend Squee? Yeah, yeah, I've been on that one for oh, okay. a hot minute now. What are, what are we? It's, it's still Reverend Squee out there. Um, uh, so the house next door to me, yeah, the house next door to me is uh, starting to be under construction. So I think I'm going to slowly go insane for about three to five months. Wait, did he buy it or something? No, somebody bought it. They're flipping it. Oh, gotcha. Oh, yeah, you've been talking about that. All right. Well, if you guys want to spit more bits like this, because they are gems. <laughs> oh, get ready. <laughs> if you guys, if you guys CM- are excited about some bits, get ready. And the CMD entire team and all the content we put out, head over to our sponsor, level1gameshop.com. They sell magic accessories like the exclusive CMD Tower playmat and 100 pack sleeves. They also have a sweet TCG player store with over 99% accuracy rating and very competitive prices. Um, all of the info will be in the show notes below. Uh, another way to support the show is also over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash cmdtower. We have four different pledge levels and rewards vary from just getting access to the very savage, ruthless Discord or getting your <laughs> own set of CMD Tower playmat and sleeves. And of course, the free way to share the content you're already watching and or listening to uh, is just uh yeah share sharing is caring yeah. do it like smash that like button do it now <laughs> oh yeah yeah now that we're on youtube is it smash that like smash that subscribe i think it's what is it it's like it's definitely smash i, I think it's one of each 
like smash that like and then make sure to hit that subscribe and smash that like maybe Ooh, we gotta figure out a way to combine this S yeah S subscribe like like <laughs> oh god we're moving I, on we're losing, we're, you lost it <laughs> every little bit of interaction from the collective helps uh and every episode we do want to give a big shout out to the music provided in the beginning and the end from pink royal and of course stay tuned until the end to get details on how you can win a mystery commander 20 deck and play mat and sleeves from cmd tower so Ooh. Bruce and Builds is our deck tech series. It's all about the decks that Big Tuck and I have in our Path to 32. Every episode, we're going to talk about one of those Path to 32 decks, but hey, in a cool manner, we're brewing some beers. So we broke it down into four categories. The first one's ramp and setting your board state. We correlate that to a grain bill. Yes, and grains are the foundation of any beer. They usually include a combination of base and specialty malts, usually about a 60 to 40% ratio. This helps with the color, the taste, and most importantly, the alcohol content of a beer. And when your local brew screws it up, uh, then your beer doesn't turn out the way you want it to. So decks always need ways to grow, stabilize, and ramp into your bigger threats. And so just like a grain profile, they're usually a mix of staples and specialty cards. And then the next one's going to be, how does your board interact with all of your opponents? That's the hop profile. Hops give the beer its patented bitterness and herbal floral flavors. They grow in a variety of strands and help distinguish subcategories like IPAs. Our hop choices help clear and interact with the board so your decks can do what it wants. Then the next thing's going to be, how does your deck actually win so you can move from your computer office chair in this quarantine life, five feet over to your couch, because uh, <laughs> yeah, you yeah. have nowhere to go. Uh, we're calling that yeast. Yes, and yeast are living microorganisms that eat the sugar from the grain and poop out alcohol and CO2. It adds the alcohol content and the carbonation. Without yeast, you'd be drinking flat sugar water, and without yeast cards, your deck wouldn't meet the goal of actually winning the game. Then we have shenanigans. These can be cool pet cards and synergies that are in the deck that are just kind of fun, but you know maybe don't really just fully fit in the deck or just completely don't mm -hmm. fit in the deck. We are calling that a spice package. Yes, and not every beer has them, but spices and other additives help separate a normal stock beer from a specialty one. It could be the pepper that turns a stout into a jalapeno stout or the addition of lactate that will turn any beer into something that's a little, a little sweeter and a little cloudier. Not every deck has something that makes it pop, but if it does, is where we talk about it. Yeah, and then uh, the cap off, we have redundancy that's a bottle capping. These are going to be big text and I's recommendations to the deck that are under $5, under 50 bucks, and a personal recommendation that actually has no budget. The only restrictions, we're not going to talk about mana-only lands, which this section is always so hard to do when we're doing a deck that's literally just been built because it's already <laughs> been tuned, uh, especially right. when it's your deck, but hey... Let's get brewing and see how we're going to do this. So today we're talking about how Zerus let all these mother snakes on this mother plane. Get it? Plane? Because Magic the Gathering takes place on planes. And that oh, terrible oh. movie, oh, Snakes my. on a Plane. You bite, uh, bite your tongue. So Big Tuck, this is uh, my second teamer deck, and uh, I feel like I picked the uh, worst movie in the world to cross-reference it with, but it makes sense. Uh, yeah. Uh, I am extremely excited about this episode, mostly because I'm sick of hearing about this cussing deck every week for the last three months, or however long it's been. It's felt like years. This is part of the reasons why I feel like I'm going insane, because I've seen this every time I've played against you. You've talked about nothing else, um, but I will say, uh, I, uh, you know, we'll get into this, but I do, I do for the most part like the stack, 
Um, and once we read through, I got I got a little I got some factoids. But let's talk a little bit about the the card first. I think one thing that's really unique about it is that it does three things that make it very unique in these colors. Yeah, absolutely. So why don't you go ahead and read off uh, what Zeus's casting costs and what he sure. actually does? Okay, so he is a it's two colorless and teamer that's green, white, red for a legendary creature. Snake Leviathan. Leviathan. <laughs> <laughs> Snake Leviathan. Uh, oh, you can just do, turn this into Leviathan travel too. Look at that. So he's a three-five flyer. Whatever an opponent draws, <laughs> except for the first card they draw on each of their draw steps, create a one-one green snake creature with uh, that's also a token. Um, and then also, whenever Zyrus, the Writhing Storm, deals combat damage to a player, you and that player each draw that many cards. And then you create more snakes. Snakes. <laughs> snakes. Snake eyes. Um, so before we put the spaghetti into the serpent generator, I have a couple of facts here okay. to, to, to talk a little bit. So there are a lot of snakes in this deck um, and on this plane. So the first one I had is, do you guys know what the oldest snake card printed in magic history is? Uh, is it just called Snake? <laughs> it's just Snake. Uh, it's out of Arabian Nights, and actually this is one of the first cards that I ever opened when I first started playing in the early 90s. It's Naf's Ass. Um, it's not very good, so we don't need to get into it, but it has some very cool, uh... Very cool artwork, and it's uh, effectively worthless now. So All right, cool. Things have changed. So um, I also I also looked up. So what do you guys call? What do you know? What they actually scientifically call a bunch of snakes that are together, like a murder of crows. Uh, you know what they call snakes? A slither of snakes. A pit. I like that. Uh, um, so it actually it's traditionally a den or nest, or more recently oh, they I actually knew that. call. They call a bunch of snakes together our local Sunday playgroup. So kind of weird how science picked up on that. Uh, and then I also had a last question about snakes. So what is considered the most evil house in Harry Potter? Slytherin. Well, actually, it doesn't matter because that series and the world of wizardry completely sucks and uh, is complete trash. So I hate uh, just, you. A couple, just a couple of quick facts about snakes there before we uh, dive into it. Yeah. So uh, I appreciate that. Uh, thank you. I'm, I feel further educated and uh, you know, I feel good <laughs> thank now. You for that. So, no, uh, so I will. I, and like I said um, briefly before we said this, now that we know what the card does, I think teamer for me is one of those colors that I never really liked too much. Just because it's, it seems like they're all fairly similar in some scopes, and there's none that kind of really stand out. So um, this one really, uh, this one really does a lot of cool things in these colors. It's got a lot of support. It's kind of like if you took Nekuzar the Mind Razor and swapped out the damage from drawing cards, and instead put in ramp and more token strategies. And um, you know, one thing I got, I will applaud you for, even though. <laughs> I'm sick of hearing about this deck. I do like it. And I do like how you really, when you're building decks around, especially when it's around like an exciting commander that does cool things, I think you really do a good job of building it like top down, right? Yeah. Where it really, you really kind of need this commander out and running, um, which is also, it's I, you do a really good job of that. It is sometimes one of the weak points of some of your decks, sure. which we'll get into a little bit later. Um, but overall, like I thought you did a really good job of like identifying the strengths in each one of these categories that it has and giving it a little giving some of them a little bit more love uh, which I think you did a pretty good job of choosing which one of those is a little bit better um, sure. but really like building it to to kind of have a lot of different things going for it 
Yeah, so, you know, I actually saw this guy get spoiled uh, by Jumbo Commander uh, DJ, and I think when I saw the post, I literally bolted to our uh, local Facebook group and said, calling dibs, this is mine, because the last time I saw a really cool commander get previewed, Kaikar, I sat on it, and then friend of the cast, Will, was like, hey, I'm going to build Kaikar, and I was like, yes, son of a bitch. We're not not quite big enough yet, players, where you can, like... Everyone has kind of their rogues galleries of decks they like to play, yep. so we're not quite big enough where people don't have the decks where you are you can kind of do that, right? Like, yep. if we're in a 10 or 15 or 20 group, you're like, whatever, man. Like, all right, I'll play one. We just won't play at the same time, right? Sure. But here, the, the, the options are a little bit limited. So you did. I can't. I want to look up the time on that because I guarantee it was no more than, like, five minutes. Correct. <laughs> from one to the other. Little did Yeah, and, and it just worked out because... So initially, when I was when I chose this commander, I was like, okay, everyone hates my Animar deck. Well, let me scratch that. Big Tuck hates my Animar deck. Everyone, everyone who actually knows the game should hate every Animar deck. And uh, but yeah, but we've talked about this. We don't have to get into it. But my Animar deck is not like other Animar decks. It's oh, very yeah, okay. different. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But so initially, when I saw this deck, I was like, okay, this seems kind of weird group huggy to where mm-hmm. I'm going to be swinging with. I'm going to be in the red zone with my commander every single attack I can but then it's kind of deal or no deal hey Sweet McGee do you want to draw potentially five cards and you'll just take five damage and it's like you know uh, I can kind of use the cards right now I'll I'll take five Um, and so that's kind of initially in my head how I thought this deck was going to work but now that I've built it and just so you guys know at the time of this recording um, or actually I think when this episode airs it should be a week before Commander 20 actually launches May 15 because uh, it should be coming out May 8th. And Is that when we're supposed to be getting them? You, uh, when they launch. So I'm sure okay. shipping, we probably get them the following week. Right, so right, right. I actually built the deck 100% out of cards not in Commander 20 or Ikoria, except for Xeris. Mm-hmm. So... It was one of those things, you know, my play group's super cool to where it's like, hey, I've pre-ordered the deck. I have all the other cards. I can play it. It's not <laughs> something to where, you know, it's some super uh, proxied out deck uh, kind of oh, like. Oh, OK. Pop, pop. Yeah, we'll get into that. Uh, there's no reason to because I have play sets of everything. You shut your mouth. Uh, so it's nothing like Paco the Taco, though, where Dan's deck has like yeah. 30 guards proxy, or but I've it's seen, fine. Yeah, and I've seen, or like they're literally, I've seen them, I've seen another guy, uh, friend of the show, Scooty Shuffles. We were running some games and he just has all these cards. He printed out a bunch of them, but for a lot of them, he has them written on slips of paper. Or friend of the show, Aaron, didn't have an excuse because all these cards exist and he just filled them out on pieces of paper so when you're seeing them online you're just like I just will trust that this is what this is what you're saying it is. <laughs> That's too funny. Um, yeah. So yeah, you know, now that I've actually had the deck, I've played probably seven games with it, and I think I've only lost one. <laughs> so it's very very mostly, good. Mostly because of foolish threat assessment by other people in the cast, uh, like hashtag coward Dan. But that's okay. I, I don't know. Remember the very first game you did play in this? Uh, Nathan counterspelled Echo of Eons, and then I just flashed it back and won yeah. the game. So well, now I, that was a misplay on mine because I sure got. Perforos, but anyways, yeah. Let's, so let's from, from, from a card perspective, it's CMC's three, four, six, which I think is mm-hmm. fine. Yeah. Um, and, and these then, colors, especially like if it, cause you have the green access, um, it's that helps so much. So, yeah. and then from a color distribution standpoint, I am a little heavy in the red. 
um, you yeah. know, from lands. I could probably cut out some, but it's one of those things to where even my Animar deck actually suffers from this, to where I don't have a whole lot of red, but then I get scared of cutting my red pips down because then it's like, what if I need them? Yeah, and you just can't them. get yeah, them. Yeah. I so. think it's fine, and like again, because you have the mana base for it, you can you probably won't really struggle with that, right? You can always go and fetch one of the other ones. Sure. So price wise, this is sitting at uh, a gentleman's two grand <laughs> in the middle. But if you cut out all the proxies that you have of it, of cards you do own, it would be like two hundred dollars. Uh, no, it wouldn't. <laughs> if you cut out, okay, all the all the duels, all the fetches, the mana drain, the Ristic study. I know you own them, but I'm saying that well, if you want to build so this, yeah, you have to pause. You could build this for you could build this for like two or three hundred dollars. Uh, so you got you got you got to well, sure, if you just cut them from the deck. But actually, right. I only have one fetch uh, proxied in the deck. I only have sure. one shock proxied in the deck, and Gaia's Cradle, and the, of course the three duels. I'm not I'm done buying duels. I have like <laughs> thirty something 20, duels. Yeah. Uh, the Wheel of Fortune, that's uh, an extra one I just had laying that's around. That's a real one. The Mana Drain's proxied. The Risk yep. of Studies proxied. Yeah. So it, you could even if you cut out some of the cards in here, if you don't own them or don't want to proxy them or however, I think that you could build this for two to four hundred dollars maybe i mean perforos isn't cheap yeah. uh you know xenagos isn't cheap wheel of fortunes not you can, cheap. yeah you can you can cut down but again like there's other cards that you could find that could do like that and just not as good and have a deck that's similar it won't be as explosive obviously right but yeah. i'm just saying if you wanted if you didn't want to build a two grand version of this you don't have to Ah, uh, but you kind of do. All right, so let's get into this and talk about how a degenerate I've kind of made this deck. So we'll start with the Rampant Green Bill. The first card I want to talk about, so guys, kind of my mindset with this is I actually put a lot of my wheel effects in the grain, and the thought mm -hmm. process behind that is just making a bunch of 1-1 snakes does not win the game when you have your commander. You have to have sure. other stuff that we'll get into in the East package to actually right. win it. But then secondly, I always want to start filtering through my deck so I can get to those cards a little bit quicker and right. also help almost kind of mill out my opponents or, you know, if Squee McGee's been holding on to a wrath of god for example right, right, right. or crater hoof because he got it early Never. it's like okay well i'm constantly making you change your plans and see more of your deck so the first one i want to talk about is actually one of the better cards in the deck in my opinion korvoth's fury yeah! <laughs> get it uh sick. this card's great and it's only a dollar which is real shocking <laughs> yeah uh, four colorless red. It's a rare from Battle Bond. Uh, it's a sorcery, and it's it's one of those great mechanics. Choose friends or foes. So you for Love each it. player no, choose a friend or choice. foe. Each friend discards all cards from their hand, then draws that many cards plus one. Korvoth's Fury deals damage to each foe equal to the number of cards in their hand. Right. The reason I like this is I actually have ways in the deck to possibly make all of my opponents have like 25 or 30 cards oh, in absolutely. hand. And so at that point, it's like, oh, foe, 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 I win the game potentially. But if right. it's earlier in the game, it's still pick. I can make everyone friend. We all wheel plus an extra one. Well, yeah. that's just an extra amount of snakes that I have. Oh, I mean, yeah. this card's so good. 
Yeah, I agree. That's exactly those are my notes, especially like I think when I played it, I think we had like 18 in yeah. our hand. So, I mean, like that's enough to burn people out. You can use it just to, to pick cards away from people. Definitely has that mode. You can do it for like some people and others. Like if someone's also playing a very greedy draw deck sure. right, and they have 20 cards in their hand or they're trying to get into, um, you know, lab man territory you can you can bing them with that i think it's really great i mean it's obviously kind of expensive at five yeah. but again it's that mode it's that modality that we've talked about where it's like i think it's worth if you compare this to you know i don't know if we're, we probably won't talk about it because it's kind of road at this point but like if you compare this to a windfall i think the two extra mana that come into it is well worth the oh okay that's i think that's well worth the price of a mission for this right because this yeah. can't be a burn card this can't it's just it's really good and like really kind of lets you dictate I'll let you dictate what you want to do depending on the board as opposed to just being like we're all wheeling right now. Yeah, and the reason I have it in a grain instead of like a yeast or a hop is because 90% of the time I'm going to be doing friends. So we're all going to yeah. be discarding. We're all going to be drawing cards. Uh, we're all getting new hands. But there is that just like kind of how we talk about some cards with the modality can fit in multiple categories. Mm -hmm. This could be a yeast card. Because like you said, that game you had yeah. 18. And at that point, I think I even had like 40 snakes. So right. what what does an extra 60 snakes do for me that 40 doesn't? But mm -hmm. doing 18 damage to each of you guys, yeah. then swinging with snakes, right. that could do so much more. And, and again, like this deck does do a lot of attacking with the wider group, right? So if people don't, if people are stuck behind a sphere of safety or a propaganda or something along those lines, yep. then this is also a way to sneak in through that. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, what is your second grain card? So this card used to be a lot more expensive, and I'm kind of glad to see it dropped. So I want to talk about Magus of the Wheel. Oh, yeah. So I think this card's really cool. Um, this is the swap if you can't afford a Wheel of Fortune for the most part in these colors. Yep. Um, so two colors and a red for a 3-3 Human Wizard. It's a rare. Uh, it used to be like $8, I think, a long what? time ago. Really? Yeah, it was, there was a while there where this was like, this was getting played all over the place, and I think it's only been printed twice. Um, so mm. Colas in a red, tap, sacrifice, Magus of the Wheel. Each player discards their hand and then draws seven cards. So again, it's just another redundant effect. Yep. The one thing that this card doesn't really have a lot of is digging stuff out of your graveyard, I've noticed. <laughs> like, do you have a card that can get you? Do you have, like, a Eternal Witness or? Nope. I mean, okay. I mean, t t technically, um... You know, a card I referenced earlier, and I'll be talking about it later on the hot profile, Echo of Eons. That oh, kind sure. of gets the stuff back, and yeah, we'll, we'll right, get right. more into that. Uh, but no, for the most part, I actually don't care. Like, even when I was goldfishing the deck, and there would be times to where, I kid you not, man, I'd have Magus on the field, but then I'd have, like, two or three other uh, wheel effects in my hand. I don't mm -hmm. even feel bad about that. It's just like, right. who cares? Like, I just want to get through this Keep deck as quick yeah. as possible. And, and again, like, it can be a blocker, right? It blocks a zombie. You can have it sit there. No one's probably, I mean, like, there's so many other threats in this deck. No one's probably going to do anything about him. So yep. um, it's something that can sit there. Uh, the funniest thing, I, I can't remember if I talked about on this podcast or IRL, but the the old, the, the joke text someone made on this was... Um, I'll take an A, and it's like the Aether, like the uh -oh. A with the E, and it was that's Giant Ballard. So I was like, okay, that's pretty clever. That is yeah, pretty Mag funny. Magus the Wheel's cool. Um, kind of gives you that budget-friendly option. Can be a creature if you need to swing in with it. So sure. 
always good to have one line around. Yeah, the only thing I don't like about it is it, you know, does have to tap to sacrifice you to, itself, yeah, so it, you do have to wait a turn. But, right. I mean, small potato complaints. Mm-hmm. So, the next card I wanted to talk about is a commander that actually is very heavily played. Uh, Edric, Spymaster of Trest. Oh, it's a classic. <laughs> yeah, colorless... Um, Simic, that's uh, green and blue. He's a legendary creature, Elf Rogue, 2-2. Whenever a creature deals combat damage to one of your opponents, its controller may draw a card. The reason I like this card in the deck is if for some reason... And the reason it's a green is because it is a May effect. So your opponents don't yeah. have to draw. But I, I would think when you guys are swinging around, it almost operates like the curses to where, mm-hmm. hey, if you attack this opponent, I get a treasure and you get a treasure. Right. And it's like, okay, well, you can attack and you could choose to maybe just draw two cards and I get two snakes. But right. or, you don't just have, only, or just one if you only need it, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you kind of get that flexibility and your opponents, it, it gives the illusion of control. Yeah. yeah. The, no, that's the illusion. Of, it's it's just like when I go on vacation with my parents. It's just the illusion of choice. Exactly. <laughs> Either but way, then, you're kind of screwed. But. but then from my perspective, I could potentially swing in with 40 snakes. Right. 10 of them get blocked. I'm going to draw 30 cards. Yeah, absolutely. So... What this is, is classic? This is my this is my Simic commander, um, and he's just a great card. So great politic card, N- nothing wrong there. Yep. So what is your last grain card? So this is also a. It can be a commander. I don't know if I've ever seen, or I feel like I have seen one before or heard about it. So I want to talk about Nin the Pain Artist. Oh yeah! So this card is so cool, um, and it's a really, it's a really clever inclusion here. So I'll give you props on that. So color, um, it's is it so blue red? Um, it's a Vildelkin Wizard, legendary creature, one one. So it's the ability on it's kind of weird. So it's X and is it so X blue red tap it. Uh, Nin deals damage. X damage to target creature. That creature's controller draws. X cards, right? Yeah. So, like, I could, I could start to see this being used in a bunch of different ways in this deck. Um, and one of them, one, the more narrow, the narrowest way is you pick off some, another person's creature and then they draw cards. Sure. But the trick is you can still deal ten damage to Atlanta War Elves, and then they still have to draw ten cards. Yeah. So that's kind of a way to dictate that around. Um, a lot of people would see that as like a disadvantage potentially, right? But in this deck, it's going to get you those little guys out. And in the rare case, if you need to draw cards, which again doesn't really seem to be a problem here because you have everything under the bucks to do it with, you can always just deal ten damage to one of your own snake tokens, yep. right? Or one of your other creatures that's done its purpose, draw 10, and then one, maybe a couple of your other effects have different things that could happen, you know, um, dealing damage, that sort of thing. Get your hand big, and then you can do one of the wheel effects, bin it, everyone else has to draw cards up to that much, right? Yep. Then you get a bunch more snakes, so on and so forth. So, yeah, yeah I, I think it's really, and it's only, it's a two drop, right? So you can have it down early. Yep. Just does a lot of work. Yeah, it's, it's one of those cards to where... I would honestly put this in a Magus of the Wheel category to where if they're on the battlefield and someone politicked for someone to use a board wipe or targeted removal yeah. to get rid of them, I actually don't care. Yeah, I uh, totally it, agree, yeah. It, it's more of a feel bad if it happens to an actual sorcery wheel effect um, mm-hmm. just because I'm literally like, okay, 
well, that counter spell, you know, that just got rid of that or whatever. Creature, eh, I don't know. It, it doesn't hurt me as much. But this actually was a last-minute addition to the deck because I was going through my Legendary Binder, putting some cards back, and mm -hmm. I saw it, and I was like, wait a minute. That seems there's, like there's some trickery there. There could there. Be, some, there be some tech there. Yeah, and I think the cool <laughs> thing about our local playgroup is more people are actually starting to play Stuffy Doll than yeah. ever before. So sure, uh, you pick someone else, I'll deal 20 to that. That right. person takes 20, you're drawing 20 cards, I'm making 20 snakes. Um, and this, the card, the thing that's great about this is sometimes I've seen in this deck to where I've been doing my rigmarole, this card will be down earlier. It's coming back to my turn, and then the blue pair will purposely leave up mana to do a counter spell because it's like we right. cannot let him wheel or he will win the game. Well, with this, unless they have a disallow type of effect, I'm doing it anyways. Yeah, so yeah. it, it kind of gives me that way around counter magic because it's like, are you going to waste your counter spell on this early in the game, or is it just going to sit there and then you're going right. to waste a targeted removal? Which at that point, like, you know, Big Tuck had kind of alluded earlier, she probably do it to the Perforos or get rid of Xeris mm -hmm. instead of wasting it on one of these utility things. Totally agree. And the fact that, like, if there is something that's indestructible, also a great way just to dump mana in, right? Like, if someone yep. did the um, Dark Steel Mutation on a creature, you could just be like, all right, well, I'm going to deal 20 damage to that, you draw 20 cards, and I'll get 20 Slitherers, and then I'll untap, or however it turns out. Yep, absolutely. Uh, well, the last green I want to talk about is a boring ramp card, but I think in this type of a deck, it's it's really needed. And it's something that if you're gonna build a three color or more deck, you need the card in there. We're talking Farseek. Oh, sure, so, yeah, it's super good. Farseek, colorless green, search your library for a plains, island, swamp, or mountain card, put it on the battlefield tapped, then shuffle your library. So the reason I just wanted to highlight this one, especially if you're gonna go the budget route, you still mm -hmm. need those dual lands. Yeah. And there are cheaper options, but a lot of times they have the conditions of end of the battlefield tapped unless you control two or more basics. Right, or, or if it comes from your hand, or if it cycles or whatever, right? Sure, yeah. um, and the reason I think it's gonna be huge for this is because in Ikoria, they are printing those uh, Triome lands. Oh, sure, yeah. Which actually, you know, talking about it earlier, I think I may cut a mountain for a Triome land because mm -hmm. this could go get it. It's going to put it right. to the battlefield tapped anyway, so I don't feel bad. Yep, exactly. The so battlefield there's tapped. no downside there, yeah. Exactly. And the thing that I like about this is I have the shocks in here. So it's like, okay, well, I don't want to waste a traditional fetch land on a shock and then right. have to shock myself for two or just put it in the battlefield tap. This can go do it. And color fixing and getting ramp quick because your commander does cost five. It's not like he's cheap. Mm -hmm. um, and the goal of the deck is you need him out turn three, four at the latest. Yeah. If you're hitting him on curve at five, you're already behind the eight. Yeah, you're going to be behind and not be as explosive. So, yeah, I, I completely agree. Cool. Well, that's going to wrap up the rain, rain bill. Now we're going to head over to the board state and hot profile. Big Tuck, where do you want to start? Okay, so I want to start with one. I will do that one last, actually. So um, I'm going to do the one that I'm going to go ahead and uh, dislocate my shoulder and pat myself on the back for. So as soon as we started talking about this, I was like, oh, you should go get this card. And then there's some back and forth, and then it actually got red, and we realized it's a slam dunk. So we're talking Cassetto, Orochi, Archmage. Yep. Is this one yours, too? Nope. It's oh, so good, though. You coward. Uh, okay, so colorless uh, and civic. Colorless, that's a uh, green-blue for legendary creature. Snake. Snake. Wizard. Uh, he's also a <laughs> mythic. So uh, pretty straightforward. It's civic, so blue-green. Target creature can't be blocked this turn. 
Yep. Seems pretty good. Uh, Seems if that great. creature is a snake, it gets plus two, plus two till end of turn. Booyah. So it turns your commander into a five, seven for two that can't be blocked. So yep. again, if you're going to try to wheel and deal with people, now you don't even have to. And you can just be like, all right, well, I want you to draw more cards or you to draw more cards or you're close to death. So I'm just going to chip away at you. And the thing that's great about it is the ability is not tapped or anything. Yep. So you can dump as much mana as you want into this. So if it is at the point where you're like somehow out of cards and you have this and your commander out and whatever reality that exists in like someone made you discharge your hand or something um you can just spend your mana pump your pump your commander up and then swing in draw a bunch of cards and go from there honestly so i've done this before um i actually use that if i'm at that point to just kill you off command damage oh uh, yeah absolutely yeah because you know what they've probably taken that deal or no deal once or twice earlier in the game so say they're at six and it's like okay, nine, I need to do this however many times, five times, six times. Uh, right. Sure, I'll, I'll pump 10 or 12 into them, just kill you. Unblockable, yep, and come yeah. right in. So it works for me. As soon as, uh, as soon as we, as soon as you start talking about this, and I think we were doing some game, I was like, oh, you should go get this card. So I yeah, had, had to mention it. Yeah, and I remember you talking about it because it's like that's going to spike if you don't get it now, which the funny thing, guys, is the reason we're talking about this episode now is unless they go off the box things, we know that our rivals over at, uh, the command zone will probably I, I feel like Josh Lee Kwai will probably play Xerus as the commander of choice and then that card will probably spike in price so hey of coming, coming to you it's coming a week early go buy one uh, also speaking of coming I'm coming for you Jimmy but yes, oh, I, I thought you were going a completely different direction with that. Hashtag producer squeeze. We can, all grow, we can all grow up on that. So anyways, that's I just want to get her <laughs> want to get that one out of the way. So what was your first one? So my first one it's once again some kind of cool tech like Nen the Pain Artist is one of my two counter spells. We're talking Arcane Denial. Yeah. So this is a colorless blue instant counter target spell. Its controller may draw up to two cards at the beginning of the next turn's upkeep. You draw a card at the beginning of the next turn's upkeep. Hold on. What that says is two mana, counter target spell. I get two snakes and a card. Absolutely. It's yeah, so like, good. And honestly, like I think this card, this card is played a lot. And I think and it's... I think it's arguably better than Counterspell in three-color decks because it's not blue, <clears throat> blue, and it's just a non-conditional counter, right? Yeah. Like, sure, they get two cards, but it replaces itself, sure. right? So you also get value out of it, and it's not like something where they have to pay mana or can do something else and counter it, right? So yeah. it's less it's it's less blue mana, um, does the same kind of thing, works great in this deck, works a lot, works great in decks that care about drawing cards and all that jazz. I don't have one of these in my Nekuzar because I'm an idiot, so I'll be, <laughs> be coming up shortly. <laughs> yeah, I think the biggest thing with Arcane Denial is I would actually say this is a blue staple over Counterspell unless you're playing CEDH. That's the only format in EDH that I would say you would not want to do an Arcane Denial because of the fact you don't want to give your opponents two cards. I I would say that it is. A, I would also have the same argument for mono blue because the land base doesn't matter, and you it's just a hard counter spell to get no draw. So I would run both, but 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 you'd run your, both in that. I would run absolutely, yeah. Like yeah. I would run both if I run counter spell because I have a gazillion copies of it because I've been playing for so long. Sure. So, um, but like I would run this and counter spell in a mono color or two color deck. Once you start getting into those third colors, this one I think takes a cake. Awesome. Well, hey, what's your second hop? 
Okay, so um, I am also going to be talking about another creature, which I did. I think we talked about, and this is definitely part of the package of the deck that I like. So we are talking about Shashiro, the Anointed. <laughs> so uh, it's four colorless and green green. It's a legendary creature, Snake Monk. Uh, it's a rare, because I don't think they had Mythics in Kamigawa. Horrible set, but this set is great for snakes. So other snakes you control get plus two, plus two. And then whenever a snake you control deals da combat damage to a player, you may draw a card. Again, you're going to have piles of snakes. This yeah. pumps them up. It's a little expensive, but again, I've seen you race out land so fast in this deck. It's totally okay. Pumps up your commander. This yeah. does everything everything that you want in this deck. So the only thing that sucks is if, it, if you have it by itself, it does it kind of doesn't do a ton except maybe draw you a card, right? Yeah. But again, like the way the deck is built, since it is so top down, you are going to have snake tokens from leftover from something, right? Sure. So they, so going from one going from a one one to a three three is huge right i mean that's so that's such a big damage swing especially when you have piles of them and then you can start drawing cards rebuilding your hand which will let you rebuild your board get your commander back out find the other things that you need to win and, and take it home from there yeah you know this is actually one that i've toyed around cutting sure just because it costs six it's it is expensive it's really and expensive. i'll tell you this out of the seven games that I've played, six that I've won, I've never swung with a snake token. Not a single one. What? And so, yeah, I know. It, it's it's really? weird. I, I've won off of all the other ways that the deck huh. wins. Okay. Never won off of snake tokens. And so it, I usually leave them back as blockers. Right. So that way someone can't just come in and, and kill me. And, and slam you. Yeah. Yeah. And so it, it, it's... Would you say you sit tight with your I tokens? I sit tight with the tokens. It's kind of a sit and tight deck. Uh, hey. But, you know, Sashiro, it's just... I, I feel bad cutting it because I actually, guys, went out there and bought all the legendary snakes. Yeah. Bought all the good snakes. And I've just been cutting them, but whittling it. Down like, yeah, yeah, to yeah. where I have no snakes in the deck other than maybe Cassetto and one other snake uh, that right. may or may not get talked about. But I think overall, if you wanted to build Xerus as a goad wide, instead of it being a wheel deck punishment mm. from the wheel, and it's going to be, hey, you guys are just going to, you know, uh, focus be, more on tokens. Yeah. Yeah. Like more the howling minds of the world where, hey, mm -hmm. you're just going to draw extra cards. I'm not necessarily making you wheel and I may get a few snakes each rotation and you want to go wide. Then right. I do think uh, Sashiro makes a whole lot of sense. Yeah. But I think if you go more that wheel side of the house, then he's he's maybe a luxury that could be cut to make it a little bit more streamlined. Sure. And I and like I think you I think you bring up a good point where like this deck kind of you're right now you're starting to i think when you first built this you probably built it to do all three abilities right like i want to see how the yep. tokens play i want to see if i can attack with them i want to see if my commander can start swinging through sure right that sort of things and i'm sure as you like continue to as you continue to play it you'll find the way that you'll like to do it i'm yep. guessing it is going to end up being more of that wheel burnout that sort of way but yeah, yeah no, so but I, I, agree. I still think it's sweet. I can't believe this card's seven dollars, but that's because Kamigawa was garbage. Uh and just definitely wanted to bring it up while we could. All right. Well, the next card I want to talk about is a amazing card that definitely did some work in the one game that Big Tuck played in because it actually won me the game. Uh, but I have it in my hops category for another particular reason. We're talking Echo of Eons. Oh, yeah. So this is the, yes, a modern horizons. I get it. It's modern horizons. Oh yeah, this is another one you ripped out of one of those seventeen thousand packs you bought from there. So uh, four colorless, it right in. Found four colorless, blue, blue sorcery. It's a mythic. <laughs> 
Um, and it says each player shuffles their hand and graveyard into their library and then draws seven cards. And then it does have flashback for two colorless blue. Yeah. The reason I have it in the deck is because if people are getting wise to my game and removing my commander, now he costs like 10 or 12. Um, well, that's probably a bad example. Let's just say they counterspelled <laughs> Wheel of Fortune and right. some other cards. And, and when it was just like before, you didn't have the other pieces out that you needed. Yeah, and, you might have like, this one by accident or whatever. Sure. Right? It's just basically, man, I need to get my graveyard back into my library, and I do not care if my opponents do as well. Right. I can just pay three mana and go ahead and do it. The flip side, once again, this kind of with the mo modality of it, also operates as a yeast because in the game that uh, I referenced with Big Tuck and Nathan and who else was in that? Dan? I think it was just the three of us. I think oh, we were just waiting, the three of us. Yeah, I think we're getting we we're waiting for another people, another person to jump on. And what ended up happening was. Uh, Nathan saved up his counter magic, countered the spell, because I was going to win the game if they right. each drew seven. But then it's like, okay, I got three mana left over. I'll flash I'll it back. It and anyways. I was like, well, poop. So Poop indeed. It was a real right. pooper. <laughs> well, what is your last hop? All right. So um, you guys might notice a subtle theme in my three choices. Uh, so talking I also want to talk snake. about another one from the Kamogawa block. This one, I believe, is from Saviors. We're talking Kasha Tribe Elite. Yeah, this is one that will stay in the deck no matter what, because so, this is great. Yeah, colorless, green, green, um, snake warrior. It's a snake. Uh, two, three. Legendary snakes you control can't be the target of spells or abilities. And the rest of the co the rest of this is meaningless, but that's fine. Correct. Uh, whatever deals combat damage to a creature, tap that creature, and if it doesn't untap, during its controller's on upkeep. Uh, next yeah. upkeep. So Basically, three mana my yeah. commander has shroud right and like the only way people probably aren't going to try to pick this off unless they're smart um it also gives cassetto which is also like we said just complete house in this deck also gives him the ability to have shroud too right um it, it's a super fringe but case that that is a non-bow though because if you have cassetto out and your commander you can't use cassetto's oh, ability because it's target oh shit is it uh it is shroud damn yep. that sucks well, regardless, it, if someone does kill this, then you can use Cassetto, pump it back up if you have them out. Um, sure. So again, like I think, I think this is fine. I just liked it because it, it does deal with three other cards in the deck, which depending on what strategy you're going with, can be huge. If you start cutting those out, then this I I don't know. I think there's better ways to give your commander Shroud for three that are a little less fragile. Um, but it, but it is a snake plays into other snake strategies, and I'm all about that because that's well, that's so, what I want in the deck. Here's how I'd argue that though, and here's why I'm leaving it in here. It's three mana to right. give it shroud. Uh, sure, you could do another equipment to do that, but a board wipe still gets rid of it. Sure. Uh, if you have Kashi out, a board wipe still gets rid of them both, which would have been the same thing with the equipment. Right. But then I kind of force their hand or what are they going to do? Double targeted removal? Probably not. Sure. Um, and, you know, I'm never worried in this deck about uh, opponent or people making me sacrifice creatures because I always have piles of snakes. Right, so I'll right, sacrifice right. them. So, I mean, I'm OK with them doing a board wipe to get rid of it because maybe that does force their hand. But as we see in the yeast section, there are ways that the creatures do get big mm -hmm. just naturally through other pump right, effects. Right. So it could be that Kashi's second ability, maybe he's only a four or a five. But maybe that's enough to maybe keep your other commander tapped down because you're trying to kill me or get to a planeswalker, which will segue into my last one. You know, I had to talk about a planeswalker. <laughs> it's only talking, one in the deck, is it not? Uh, I no. 
I got two in here. Oh, uh, I have the Royal Scions. So colorless Starts is cool. it? Legendary Planeswalker Will and Rowan. It's a mythic. Mythic. Uh, once again it's not from a that. Snake. Yeah, once again from that trash set, uh, Throne of Eldraine. <laughs> Garbage. It is exciting to see this card drop in price to only five dollars because it was, it was like real expensive. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it has three effects. Plus one, draw a card, discard a card. Seems kind of like what my deck wants to do. Get yep. through the deck. Perfect. Oh, wait. Its second one is also <laughs> a plus ability. Target creature gets plus two, plus zero, oh, and gains first strike and trample until end of yeah, turn. Yeah, awesome. So that just makes my commander a 5-5 five, five with trample. So sure, you know, uh, Friend of the Cast, Duff, also has a Tall Rand deck. Okay, you have two 2-2 two, two Drakes. I'll swing in at that. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll get through it. I don't one. care. Um, <clears> and then the last one is... Inconsequential, to be honest. Uh, minus eight, draw yeah. four cards. When you do, the Royal Sons deals damage to target equal to the number of cards in your hand. Sure, I guess super fringe case that could end up doming someone depending on how many cards I right, have in yeah. hand. But it's really in here just to give my my uh, commander trample and the plus two. Yeah, and I think the fact that it has an innocuous ultimate to some extent, it means it probably won't be targeted as much, right? Like sure. people aren't gonna be trying to hammer through damage just to keep it down a couple, right? I think they'll probably have other threats to go with. Uh, I think this card, I like this card a lot. And the thing I don't love about it in a lot of decks is a lot of the wheeling decks don't have any creatures that are attacking, right? Sure. Like Locust God, Nekazar, that sort of thing. You're not really going into the red zone with them. Whereas this one, like that's another strategy that you have with it. Of dealing that commander damage, pushing stuff through, starting to draw other cards, all that good stuff. So yeah, no, I think it's awesome. I love the fact that it's only $5 now. It's a three drop, so I can start helping you, helping you filter through your deck, yep. start discarding lands if you don't need them. Just does everything that this deck wants to do. 100%, 100%. Well, that's going to wrap up the hot profile, guys. Now we're going to head over to how this deck will take the game home. Uh, I'm going to start it off with a card that initially I didn't think was going to be good for the deck, but after counting that I have 16 artifacts in the deck. Oh. It actually is a powerhouse. All right. One, two, three. Molten Psyche. Yes. Uh, all right. So, I, so, so before we get into this, I had the exact same thing. I was like, okay, this card's good, but I'm not seeing too many artifacts. And then I went and changed, I went and like put it back to the normal view. And I was like, oh yeah, you got plenty. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Molten Sight, guys, is a colorless red, red sorcery. Uh, $1.99 from Conspiracy? Um, Scars of Mirrodin. Damn. Uh, <laughs> and Big Tuck, why don't you read what it actually does? Yeah. So each player shuffles a card from his or her hand into his or her library, then draws that many cards. So it's one-sided, um, but still very good. Yep. Right? It's not like um, the Windfall, if you will. But uh, then it also has another ability stacked on it, Metalcraft. If you control three or more artifacts, Molten Psyche deals damage equal to e deals damage to each opponent equal to the number of cards that player has drawn this turn. Oof. And like, yeah. so the fact that it's only three mana, like you could easily stack this like Echo of Aeons from your graveyard, right? Do that. Okay, that's seven. Uh, you know, whatever else. Well, you have like oh. up. So, so the trick to it, though, is that since it's sorcery speed, right. it's one of those to where it's metalcraft is more relevant when you wield and you drew into it. That's sure, where yeah. that's where it's actually going to be more relevant because you can't actually stack oh, anything yeah, yeah. because nothing's at instant speed because right, I don't right, have right, an right. Aurea or anything yeah, you like, can't, like that. Stack them up. No, I hear you. <laughs> but in my mind, it's okay. The low end, we're doing like a one-sided windfall, so I'll probably get four to ten snakes somewhere in yeah. there. 
but oh, the top least. end is like, whoa, I could possibly kill everyone Absolutely. that rotation. And again, if you get your snake up to dealing some damage there, right? Like you you pit, you hit someone for five or whatever the case may be with that. They drew five cards. They drew five cards off that. You drew five cards off that, right? Yep. Then you then of those cards you draw, you get this. Then we just windmill slam it. I, it's got a lot. It's got a lot, and especially that's only three mana. Like it's so you. It's and even if you have to, even if you have to in a pinch just to try to find an answer, you sure. it's still a three mana wheel, right? Like well. And look at it this way. You've talked about how I build decks top down where it yeah. really needs the commander to kind of work. This card actually doesn't need anything. Yeah, if, if, sure. it's been to, if it's gotten to the point and you're doing the wheel into a wheel and it's later in the game, it could just be that you don't even really have a board. You are digging for an answer. And it just so happens on your second or third wheel. It's like, oh. I win the cave. Yeah, yeah, Play. absolutely. Or you wheel this into like a Corvass Fury or something along those lines, right? Like yep. there's just a lot of utility for it. And again, it's only three mana and two dollars. So does exactly what this deck is trying to do. All right. Well, what is your first East card? So this is so I we talked about how you kind of you really need the commander, but I think you have a few cards in here that can very well act as a backup commander, even with that. And I think one of the premier ones you have is my boy. He's a little skittle. He's a little skittery boy. He likes to crawl around. We're talking Psychosis Crawler. So uh, yep. this card is absurd. Five colorless for an artifact creature horror. <laughs> All relevant creature types in this deck. Um, <laughs> it's power and toughness equal to the number of cards in your hand, which again is likely not going to be insignificant because you're going to yep. have at least seven. And yep. if it's if it's later in your turn, right, you could have a lot more than that. So this is another way to go. But more importantly, whenever you draw a card, each opponent loses a life, right? Yeah. So this is definitely the this this can win you the game in and of itself, right? Like in my Nekazar deck, this has won me the game in there. Just because you're wheeling through your own deck and it strips and drabs, right? It's here's and yep. there's. They're gonna be using the removal and I like if unless you're getting super greedy, I would almost hold on to this until you know you kind of have like your thing set up so that even if your commander does get killed, you have this in your back pocket to be able to play it and then start burning people out. Well, so here's the only thing that you have to think of with a mindset like that. You can't really sandbag cards in this deck oh, because yeah, you're wheeling you keep, so much. I keep, I keep forgetting you just keep going. So yeah, you just you keep draw going. This, you play it and then you wheel. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I will say this this card actually won me the game. I yeah, think it was the second game I ever played. Uh, it it's a it's a great card. I just I know it's I know it's getting greedy. I do wish though it was whenever you draw a card, each opponent loses a life and you gain a life. That's, I, that's, I, that's that's absurd. I thought you were gonna say you wish it cost three, which is also absurd. I think it's perfectly no. fair. I think it's very fairly casted. It's very strong. Um, and like I got in an argument with this a long time ago about when I wield, and they're like, "Well, you don't have any cards in your hand." I'm like, "No, that's when that that's while the spells on the stack. Then when it resolves, then I have all this." So yep. nice try, comma <laughs> ding dong. So yeah, like I said, you're you really you really want your commander to come out. Right, like you really yep. want him on on the battlefield for all of his abilities. But if you don't, this does a very good job of still pushing in damage, still winning the game for you. Yeah, no, hundred percent, man. Uh, well, my second card, Big Tuck already gave it away, uh, so I'm going to say it very lackluster. Windfall. Yeah. Uh, so it's two colorless blue sorcery, uh, three dollars and seventy cents. It's it's just played all over the place, right? Like it's yeah. way, like most. We I've noticed most wheel decks run red and something else right so yeah. a lot of them like 
Nekuzar, Locust God. Those are the two I can think of at the top of my head. They both run blue, right? <laughs> it's like I can either sure. spend two dollars on a windfall that hasn't been printed that much. I think it's been mostly in commander sets. Um, I'm not gonna go spend what $150 on a Wheel of Fortune or something absurd yep. like that. Maybe more. So I think it, I think it slots into that very well. Uh, speaking of Wheel of Fortune, I did want to point this out. Big Tuck uh, had told me that Aaron had kind of advised him to go into your TCG player, go oh. to your collection, <laughs> and then sort by price. So I did that, and I saw that Wheel of Fortune is like 150 bucks or something like that. And I was curious how much I spent for Wheel of Fortune. I bought it in 2016. Guess how much I spent for Wheel of Fortune? Seventy dollars. Twenty-five bucks. What? Damn. Yeah. I know. That's pretty sweet. Then you, know, get, but you then, got another one from Missouri MTG or whatever, right? Uh, I got three of them. <laughs> <laughs> Easy enough. <laughs> yep. So, Windfall Guys, the reason that this card is such a powerhouse... Um, oh, did I even read the card? I don't think you did. Sorry, guys. I'm, I'm running on that very little sleep, yeah, and I'm all still, drugged you up. Still got, you still got the, uh, the uh, whatever sleepy medicine in your brain. Yeah. Uh, each player discards his or her hand and draws cards equal to the greatest number of uh, a player discarded this way. So the reason this is a powerhouse in this deck is you swing with... This is usually a second main mm -hmm. phase card. Swing with Xeris. Make your opponent, maybe whoever had the most cards. Usually I'm going to have the most cards, right. but maybe if someone else has more... Uh, make them draw a bunch of cards. Then you cast Windfall. So, okay, I hit them for a bare minimum three, made three snakes, I drew yep. three cards. I'm at 10. Well, now I'm going to cast Windfall. Everyone's going to draw nine. That's going to produce 27 snakes on top right. of me getting nine cards. This card single-handedly can win the game yes. with it, one other piece on the board. Right. And if you think about it, I mean, just in this East section, we got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, uh, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Uh, I got 12 different cards in my yeast package out of the 17 that would love to have 20 something snakes. Yes. Total, I totally agree with that. It's an all-star, very good spell, especially in this one. It's the highest that you're going to do. And like when I saw it, I think I, I think we all binned and drew 18 or something absurd Correct. like that. So it's awesome. So what is your next yeast card? Um, so this is one that obviously belongs in this deck. It like, it's kind of something that's also kind of wrote to talk about because any deck that wants this card, it's immediately good in. So we're talking about the puzzle box. So hey, hey me too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I've seen I've seen I've seen this card get played in this deck now five of the seven games, and it is wrecked house every time. It's just like so. It's for it's the fairy's puzzle box is. Four colors for an artifact. Um, at the beginning of each player's draw step, that player puts the cards in his or her hand on the bottom of the library, then draws that many cards, and then you draw another card after that, right? So yep. the thing, the like the the thing that's crazy about this is like every deck that this is put in, it's like one of the best cards in the deck, right? Yep. Like like I said, Nekuzar, Locust Guard, Origin of the Shifting Flames, like any of those things that care about people drawing cards, including yourself. This does so much work in, and especially it's kind of like, it also really alters, we, we've talked before about cards when they come out, they completely alter the rest of the game and they turn it into something that's completely different, right? Yep. And this is one of those where like, 
it kind of you're get you're you're forcing everyone into the same decisions that you have to make where as soon as you wheel right you're you don't know what's left right so you're like i have these cards in my hand and i know i'm not going to have them in the end of this turn maybe later right so let's run it sure. out. make sure i cast that psychosis crawler yeah even, even if it's not the right time right like make sure like the things if i want this card in the hand i have to play it now even if it's badly sequenced or however right because it's going to be gone because mm -hmm. then you windfall then you do whatever yep. um this forces everyone to play like that because they know that if they're just going to sit on something, they're just going to lose yep. it, right? So uh -huh. it, it kind of evens the playing field on that. Again, drawing seven cards or six cards or whatever, getting all the snakes, getting all the other triggers, just just insane. Yeah, you know, the thing that I've really enjoyed about it is I played on my turn and unless someone has a counter spell, no one can react to it for right. the most part. Yeah, sure, you can have a Crosum Grip, something like that, Disenchant, mm -hmm. sure. Uh, but outside of that, you know, the Teferi's Puzzle Box in itself is not the issue. It's it's what Xeris or Xyrus gets from the Puzzle Box right. that's the issue. And the, the reason I, I say that is because I played on my turn, I immediately get the value because even if, say, it went to Big Tuck and he's like, oh man, I got a Wrath of God, I got to get rid of that thing. Wait, I won't even have it in my hand. It's going to the bottom, and now I gotta guesswork yeah, off the top. Exactly. And then, then you're exactly right. It's all about I gotta, I gotta do it now. There is no waiting. Correct. Oh, maybe I want to aetherize or something yeah. that, or aether spouts, something to that effect. And then every opponent is doing that, mm -hmm. and so it actually makes. It actually makes the game easier on this deck because now I don't have to worry about in my head. Oh, they drew a right. card and passed. Oh man, what are they yeah, going to yeah, do? I mean, now, they're, they're yeah, going to do it, right? Like, yeah, they're going to another... do it on my turn. Right. There is no sandbagging it until you know their next turn. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, great card, and of course, it's a foil from Mystery Boosters. <laughs> Wait, did you crack that? Yep. Nice. Yeah, it's it's sweet. And so like it'll go down in price. Right now it's eight bucks, um, but that'll go down. It'll probably level around five. So you have no you have no excuse, even if you're budget friendly out there when you're running your wheel decks. All right, guys. Well, that'll wrap up the yeast package. Now we're gonna head over to Spice Big Tuck. We had five options. What'd you pick? So I, you know what I picked. Oh, you you you, you picked the pit. Oh, gotta pick the pit. Did you pick the pit? <laughs> of course not. What? No, you gotta go with the pit. So, nah. uh, you gotta go with the snake pit. So, uh, <laughs> this is a 36 cent uncommon from uh, Mercadian Masquerades. Yep. Three colorless and a green. Whenever a player plays a blue or black spell, you may put a 1 1 green snake token into play. I want this to be snake tribal, so come hell or high water, this is one of the probably better ways to do it. Uh, you know what's funny? This won me the game. No uh, way, First really? game I ever played. Yep. Uh, someone was at one life. I had this out, and uh, I was about to do something that was going to kill them. They're like, okay, well, I'm going to counterspell that. And it's like, well, I'm going to make a snake, and then you die. Your counterspell fizzles. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I was I was very torn about this card. Yeah. You know, the blue or black, that seems very conditional, but after talking with Friend of the Cast Will, he kind of made the astute point that we have a lot of blue and black in our playgroup. Well, so, you know, it's gonna it's gonna happen more often than I think, not. I think by and large, like people like playing black for the removal and it's like cool metal cards, right? And sure. blue is just such a powerhouse, like I think probably the best color in EDH just for how broad it is and all the answer it has, right? And they pair so nicely with so many things, so even if like there's like I think we've talked about this before, there's really not that many monocolored decks in our playgroup. 
right? Like it's kind of, it's pretty sparse. So there is going to be someone who's going to play a blue black spell or a blue yeah. black deck, uh, maybe more, right? And if they cast like, if they're playing, you know, like my vampire deck, you'll get two, right? No, just so, so if you, if they cast a two color card, like a blue black card, like a mine's funeral or something, do you get one or two? One. One, because it's it's just that goes on the stack. It sees that's a blue or a black, and you get one. Yeah. So even then, though, like there's so many cards where it's like white, black, blue, black, right? Yeah. Blue, red. Like even in this deck. So like I can, I'm kind of surprised. I'm I'm happy and I'm proud of you that you are not cutting it, or are you? No, I think I'm gonna okay. keep it. Yeah. So that's why I like it. And again, if you keep. I like the idea of having the go wide as kind of a backup plan, just in case something goes south. Sure. And I think this is another one that feeds into that. Well, you know, and I think normally I probably would cut it, but like I said, that game won, A, it won me the game, but then B, I think that game, it made like 11 snakes, 12 snakes. There you go. And I think I had Psychosis Crawler out at the time. Yeah. So, yeah, or no, not, I had Perforos out yeah, at the right, time. Right. So, so yeah, it was just like, all right. Damage, damage, damage. Yep. All, All right. right. What you, well, which one are you going with? So this was another last minute edition, uh, but I do want to give just a special short shout out. Obviously, this whole deck we've talked about ETB. You know, we didn't have a lot of ETB mm-hmm. uh, like Perforos Impact Trimmers, where it's dealing damage to everyone. You know, we got the Beastmaster Ascensions of the World. Uh, but the one thing that in my mind I kind of feel like could happen in the deck, it hasn't happened yet, is I feel like I could deck myself. So there is yeah. a Lab Man and a Jace in here. Yep. There part of the spice package because I don't I don't know how realistic that's going to be but I do have a fear of just drawing out my deck. Yeah, I, I think it's a real one, right? Especially if you like have a huge grip and then you windfall and you're starting to get close to it, right? Like, yeah. you're, you're, if you keep drawing wheel spells, if you keep dealing damage to their commander, it's like you don't a lot of these you don't even have a choice, right? But you need to do them anyways just to push the deck through and get to do what sure. it wants, right? Absolutely. But the card I wanted to specifically talk about was a last minute edition and it's because I started to notice that I was wheeling regardless of what's in my hand. Mm-hmm. We're talking about anger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anger's three colorless red. Uh, it's an incarnation, 2-2, two, two, and it has haste. But it also says as long as anger's in your graveyard and you control a mountain, creatures you control have haste. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't... It, it's The reason it's a spice is because... Most of the time, I'm not going to get the army of snakes until second main phase. So therefore, right, I can't yeah. attack with them to have, you know, unless I wheel in the first main phase, maybe. Uh, but that's a very fringe thing. Usually, it's I'm hitting with Zerus, then I'm wheeling. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't, it's not so much there, but since I am wheeling so much, I, that's a card that I'm happy to pitch to the graveyard, sure. kind of like Echo of Eons. And then Zerus has haste. And that actually helped out, I think, in the game that I was playing with you this last 40 Life and a Dash, because because you guys kept getting rid of Zerus. Right, right, I right. bend anger, and then I could just play him and swing on the turn, opposed to having to wait for the rotation. So and I think it, that, it fits, but it kind of yeah. doesn't. And, and I agree with you, because you could also like make the same argument for Wonder that gives, if it's in your graveyard, it gives all your things flying right. So I think yep. that's like, I, I think that's where, like, the way that you could look at this deck, if you want to run it more token based, then if you, and that's like how you want to win, right? If you want to like, I'm, it's going to be tokens and in combat with tokens, then this card's great. Wonder's great. Um, having another thing that gives haste to everything would be awesome too. Cause then you can wheel and swing in. Right. Sure. But again, like that's like, that's one of the challenges of building this where it's like, how far do you want to spread yourself? Like how thin do you want to spread yourself on all these different play styles? Right. Yeah. And I think having, having one that I think having anger in here, 
here kind of is a good is a good middle ground for that, right? Where you're like, this is a card that's probably gonna get discarded, and if I do, boohoo, right? But yeah. in the pinch that I need it, this is where this is where in this deck, the way that you built it, if you have this army, if no one has a response, uh, you can wheel, swing in for the kill with the haste, and go from there. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys. Well, that's going to wrap up the spice package. Now we're going to head over to the bottle capping. And a reminder: these are going to be big text and eyes cuts and recommendations to the deck that are under five bucks, under fifty, and a personal recommendation that has no budget. The only restriction is no mana only lands. And of course, it is difficult since I literally just built the deck <laughs> and did all the research. But uh, yeah. let's start off with my under five. I'm going to cut a card that people try to convince me beforehand don't put in the deck. Um, and now that I've played it enough, I do agree that it probably doesn't fit. It fits, but it's risky. We're talking pandemonium. Interesting. Okay. So it's three colorless red enchantment. Um, it's a dollar thirty, and the reason I'm gonna cut it, guys, is because it says whenever a creature mm -hmm. comes into play, that creature's controller may have it deal damage to its power to target creature or player of his or her choice. In my mind, I create. I put this in here because I kind of looked at this as like a triumph of the hordes type mm -hmm. card. I only play it when I'm ready to drop eighteen snakes, yeah, yeah. twenty snakes, and then that way I can do it. But there's enough token generation in our playgroup that people could do at instant speed that I think, even if I try to go that route, they're like, aha, with your spell on the stack, I'm going to kill Xerus, and he's going to die. Right, 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 right. So I'm going to take it, though, for a card that I'm really surprised I didn't put in the deck to start. You know it. Uh, we're talking Fevered Visions. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This card's yeah. sweet. Uh, Co -co colorless <laughs> you, is You it? also have a very interesting history with this card, if you remember correctly. Uh, I do not. We'll, we'll read it, and I'll, t I'll remind you of it. It was a funny one. Uh, colorless is it, uh, blue-red, enchantment, 59 cents, and it so says good. at the beginning of each player's instep, the player draws a card. So therefore, yep. I'm making snakes, doing my thing. If that player ha is an opponent and has four or more cards in hand, Fever Vision deals two damage to him or her, which my opponent should always have more than four cards in hand. Yes. So what's the history with this card and me? So we play. We were playing a deck, and you're playing your like your CDH deck, and you were playing Mana Crypt, and it got you for like. The Mana Crypt, you got like tails on every single one of them almost. Oh. So your life was really low. And then we were playing with Australian Alex, or AA, if you will. No AA, Ron. Um, and he had this out. And then you kept taking turns, digging yourself with the Mana Crypt. And then this killed you because you took too many turns in a row. And you had no answers or no responses. It was insane. Yeah, we, that sounds like me. We all, we all, have, we all, have, we all have fond memories <laughs> of that one. But yeah, this kind of does a couple things. A, it's one-sided for the damage. Yep. B, it feeds my commander, which that's the strategy I'm going. People right. are drawing cards. And C, uh, it lowers my CMC by one. Sure. No, it works out for me. Believe it. All right. Well, what is your under five cut and add? So we kind of, we talked about this briefly yesterday, and I think you're right. So I'm actually going to cut Renata called to the hunt. What? So, uh, Renata... She is, did so much work. Right, but I'll get to it. So, Renata, Renata right. called to the hunt is two colorless green, uh, green, green, a legendary enchantment creature, demigod. 
Uh, brand new, hot off the presses. Uh, its power is equal to your devotion degree. Each other creature you control enters the battlefield with additional one-one counter on it. Right. So yep. you already have another effect in this. I know you because it's tuned and you like thought about. It, you have a lot of redundancy in here, which I think is good. But you also made mention that you're not winning in the red zone, right? Like you're not attack. You're, you've talked about how every game where you've tried to attack with creatures is the ones that you lose, right? So I don't, or the one that you lost. So I'm guessing the way that this is going is that the creatures entering the battlefield is more important to you than them attacking. Okay. Right? So I'm going to cut this for a card. I was actually kind of shocked you didn't have it in here. So we're going to okay. cut this for one of my favorite wheels of all time, Jace's Archivist. So colorless blue blue for a creature of Vandalkan wizard. It's two bucks now mm. for two two. Colorless tap it. Each player windfalls pretty much. Each player yeah. discards his or her hand, then draws cards equal to the number of cards a player discard this way. So you know, I I, I looked at that card uh, when I was doing my my cuts, and I almost feel like I would just swap it for Magus of the Wheel can, because you, once you, again, it's that it's, it's that whole. It, slow the, and the, right i agree with you and this one i i think this is better than magus right because yep. you can do it over and over and over again right um this is definitely more of a threat than magus but if you're trying if you're saying like you're caring more about the perforoses the impact tremors the pandemonians of the world right you care way more about creating the creatures than making them big which is why there's sure. a, there's another card called like shared animosity that I thought uh -huh. about putting in, but again, if that's not how you're if that's not how you want to play the deck, then that doesn't really have a fit in here either. It's not really that I don't want to play the deck that way because, like we talked about, I mean, I got Beastmaster, Coat of Arms, Crater Hoof, right, and right. Rays, so I have all these things that are great for going wide. No, I agree. Uh, with with your creatures. It's just I haven't gotten to a point where I had one of those cards and that was the advantageous play. Sure. Um, I, I feel like though, you don't want to just have the tokens to have the tokens. Right. Uh, I feel like a Perforos deck, you just want ETB. You're not right. really going wide or doing any of that. But since you have green in here, you do have access to the Crater Hoofs of the world mm -hmm. um, and on the lower end, uh, end runner. But I do agree. I think Jace's Archivist at a bare minimum should get swapped for Magus of sure. the Wheel because it is just that much better. Yeah. Uh, I'm just a little scared of cutting the Renata because then I feel like at that point, okay, I cut Renata. I might as well cut Grungoli. Because then he's just by himself. Mm -hmm. He doesn't really do anything else. Right. So, so all right. that was my first one. Uh, my second one is I'm actually going to cut Endray's Forerunners. Yeah. Uh, five colorless, green, 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 creature boar, seven, seven, vigilance, trample, haste. When it ETBs, other creatures you control get plus two, plus two, and gain vigilance and trample until end of turn. The reason I want to cut it is because I don't actually think the plus two, plus two is that big of a deal mm -hmm. when you're talking one ones. Having, you know, yeah, three threes is good. Um, but well, especially to like, me, the it other, like the cards that give them plus one, plus one, like you said, you like that having them as blockers as well, right? So yeah. having a mass of them that are just static pluses from Grim Goalie or whatever, I think is better better than this card. And you already have Crater Hoof, which is this card, but like way I think better. way better. Yeah. Yeah. So what are you gonna cut it for? Uh so I think I'm gonna cut it and honestly I'm kinda torn. I got I got two cards and I'm curious which one you think would be better. Okay. Because I, I honestly cannot decide between the two. The first one is the Locust God. 
four colorless is it uh blue green or blue red uh, legendary creature god uh four four flying whenever you draw a card create a one one blue red insect creature token with flying in haste as much as my opponents are drawing cards i am also drawing cards mm -hmm. so i will be making now granted it my my insect count would be a third of my snake count because i say get snakes for each of the opponents yeah. that do it but still you know we talked about it. i had 40 something snakes that one game with big tuck well that's still 10 or 11 flying insects uh that still do all the ETB stuff that the snakes do. So I, it, oh, I'm sorry. What was so? I'll get into looks, Scott, because that was actually one of the add-ins I was going to recommend. What was the oh, other one? Okay. What was the other one you were going to go with? I was actually thinking about heroic intervention. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. I, I think I think heroic intervention does some stuff for me. Uh, it's a colorless green instant permanence. You control gain hexproof and indestructible until end of turn. It's not going to protect me from a psych rift, but yeah. it does protect me from a board wipe. And since it's permanence, not just creatures, I get to keep the, you know, mm -hmm. uh, impact tremors of the world and stuff like that. I mean, what do you think between those two? I think so. I so um, I'll just I'll go. I will switch mine around and talk about what I'm going to cut. So I was actually going to cut Xenagos God of Revels for the Locust God. Interesting. Yeah. So, and I, here's why. So, I was looking through this. So, Xenagos God of Rebels um, is a great card. Don't get me wrong. Awesome card. Super good. Um, three colorless. And, I, and I'm still waiting for mine because they haven't even shipped yet from the secret <laughs> lair. So, three colorless, red, green, legendary enchantment, creature god, indestructible, six, five. Uh, it's got the devotion to seven. It's not a creature. At the beginning of combat on your turn, another target creature you control gains haste and plus X plus X until end of turn. Rex is that creature's power. So, I was looking through the deck, and I think this pairs very nicely with your commander. That's that's the reason he's in there, hundred percent. Right. But if your commander is as as, this, as you continue to play this deck, people are going to realize that it's really heavy on the commander, and they're going to start removing it. You're gonna you're gonna have to start paying for that more. And then I kind of think this is a dead card a little bit, right? It, and also, it doesn't give trample, right? So if someone has a drape, yeah. the haste is very nice, right? Because then you can start get the wheel going immediately on him, right? Yeah. But if your commander's not on the battlefield, this doesn't really do much, right? Whereas sure. I feel the Locust God, similar to Psychosis Crawler, is kind of can kind of play as a backup commander for you, right? Okay. Because it can, it's resilient to dying because it goes okay. to the graveyard, comes back to hand, and uh, it creates tokens that then do the rest of everything else that you want to do, right? Mm -hmm. While you're still wheeling. So if your commander is just like locked down, if it gets um, Dark Seal Mutation or something, this in like this one plays nicely as kind of a backup win con for that as well as like, like Psychosis Crawler. Like I feel like the two of them kind of act as your backup major win cons, or could. So in, in your mind then, knowing that I was gonna cut End Rays, would you almost say cut End Rays, cut Xenagos, put in Heroic Intervention and put in Locust God? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, I think I think N Rays is a good card because it's forty nine cents and Crater Hoof is fifty. Well, well, okay. well but, here's so, the no, thing, no, though. No, 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 but you, like, you can't say good card because it's based on price. I mean, a, a card's dollar value has nothing to do with how good the card is. So I think if I think for its price, it's just like McDonald's pizza. It's very good for its price, or was very Ew, good for its price. Gross. <laughs> so um, this card for a dollar is good, but since you already have the better version of it, I don't think this card is going to win you as many games as you want whereas sure. heroic intervention will 
if that makes sense for you, right? Like, okay. that'll save your commander, they'll save Locust God. If someone's trying to blow up enchantments or something, that'll save those, right? Which you sure. need desperately. So I would agree, I think, I would agree with you that if you cut Xenagos and Enrays and put in Locust God and Heroic Intervention, you will see more value out of those two cards than the other two. Yeah, I think the only thing I don't like about Locust God over Xenagos is Xenagos is indestructible. Sure. Yes, and Locust God can go back to my hand, but then I'm paying six, six each yeah. turn to get him back out uh, when I want to be spending that mana to wheel. Mm -hmm. uh, I think I have an extra copy, so I may end up doing a swap and just, just making sure I only yeah. play this deck when I play you. Uh, so you always see this forever and ever. Very exciting. Uh, all right. Well, personal recommendation. I'm going to be cutting Nissa Voice of Zendikar. Okay. So uh, she's, she's a colorless. She's kind of on the list, yeah. Yeah, colorless green green. Uh, she is three loyalty ETB. She has three effects. Plus one, put a zero one plant creature token onto the battlefield. I mean, I guess it could be one of those in a pinch. Yeah. I needed one last ETB effect, but not really. Really, it's in here for the minus two. Put a plus one plus one counter on each creature you control. Yeah. Thinking about the go wide with the snakes. Yep. And it does have a minus seven. You gain X, draw, gain X life, draw X cards. Where X is the number of lanes you control. I mean, it's kind of like the Royal Scions. It's not inconsequential because mm -hmm. I do play get a lot of lands yeah, yeah, yeah. out on the battlefield. But I think I'm going to cut it for another um, wheel effect. Okay. And we're talking about one that honestly I've never seen before. It's sitting around eight to ten dollars, and it's one mana, but it is one sided. We're talking winds That's, of yeah. change. Garth sweet. <laughs> I was one red. Why wasn't in there. Sorcery. Each player counts the cards in his or her hand, shuffle cards in his or her deck, and then draws that many cards. Uh, and the card is so old, it literally says, when you play winds of change, it doesn't count as a card in your hand. Um, <laughs> oh, thank God. Yeah, I think for one mana, that's, it's, that's pretty good. It's super at least, good. At least one of my opponents is going to have, after combat, 10-ish cards right. in hand. So that's 10 more triggers, even if maybe my other opponents only get three and two on a worst case. And if you have 10, that's still 10 Locust God triggers, right? That's 10 mm -hmm. Psychosis Crawler damage. So again, like I think that I think that you, by and large, are going to have... You're, you, by and large, are going to be the person who has the most cards in your hand, right? And I think you will be able to use that very well with this. And again, it forces people to either act immediately or do nothing, right? Which is yeah. again, like we talked about is a big part of this deck. So I love, I have, I have Winds of Change in Nekazar and it does freaking work. So love it. Okay. It's a one drop, lowers your curve, all on board with it. Well, what is your personal recommendation? So I, so I heard, I think I was going to say cut Warstorm Surge. So five colorless and red, um, because I just think it's over, I think it's overcosted for what it does. And personally, sure. I I think that Pandemonium is a better card, like we discussed earlier. Um, just because. Why it's, do you think? Why do you think it's a better card? Because it's faster. And you said this deck comes out screaming, right? You can get Pandemonium down before anyone else comes up. Yeah, but then anyone can use Pandemonium's sure. trigger, and they can start killing my commander when they feel like it. They have to play five creatures. So again, if you're playing, if you're, if, if you, so that's up to you, right? I think one of those, I think you have enough effects in the deck where you can cut one of those, right? And if you're worried about tokens, which is a fair point in our meta, then cut the Pandemonium, keep the Warstorm Surge in. I just have never liked Warstorm Surge. I've never seen it really work well. I've seen Pandemonium do work, um, but what I was actually gonna cut it for, so I did one wheel. I talked earlier about how you need a backup commander, wheels are great, and then I also talked about how much I like snakes. So I got a 
it's a snaky card, but only because of the artwork, which I'm guessing they will never reprint. So we're talking about Nature's Will. So two colorless, two green for an enchantment. Whenever one or more creatures you control deals combat damage to a player, tap all lands that player's control and untap all lands you control. So even if you're not going to go super hard into the red zone with your tokens in terms of damage, you still will have piles of them, right? So what you can do with this is you can do stuff on your first on your first phase, right? Like play yeah. Psychosis Crawler or whatever, right? And then this is this also it's similar to um, to Faraday's Puzzle Box. It's forcing people to do things then, right? If you have enough tokens, you could probably ding multiple players, especially if they're playing blue and they have no blockers. Tap whatever mana they have left down with, untap all your mana, and then do whatever you want on your second main phase. Especially if you're going with your commander, you're drawing cards, you're going to have more options, and then be able to wheel again or do whatever you want. So, yeah, and it's got, I mean, the, the, only... and it's got the snakies on them. So, <laughs> sure. it's a snake card. The only thing I don't like about it is that, it, you know, in your example of the blue player, I'm then basically forcing the blue player to do their thing then when and before maybe they were just like, oh, I'll draw some cards and right. see what happens. And that gets me draw triggers. Um, this also locks, I don't the, know. This locks the blue player down from counterspelling you on the second main phase, too. So then if you have one of your sure. big cards that you want that you want to trigger or one of the ways that you want to win the game, like the Aeons, the Echoes of Aeons or whatever, they can't do anything about it. You don't even have to worry yeah. about it, right? So that's why I have it in here. It gives you it gives you a third phase almost in the way uh, the way I see it. You have so much more information to work with, locking people down. They can't do boardwalks. They can't do removals if they don't have it. Um, and then especially if you play it right, if you put if you attack the person to your right, they can't do anything for the whole run of it. And most important, most importantly, it's a snakey snake. Oh my goodness! All right, no, that's that's uh, it's it's interesting. Um, I don't know. I'll have to give it some thought. I think I think when you add, well, I can wait for the wrap up. So. <laughs> well, nice segue. Thanks for making it until the end of the episode. And as promised, here are some details about our giveaway from our sponsor, Level One Game Shop. We're going to be giving away a Mystery Commander 20 deck accompanied with CMD Tower playmat and sleeves. Tenter, it's extremely simple. Just help promote the content we produce. Uh, you get an entry for all the interactions you do with us on social media. We're going to announce the winner on MTG Action 4 News June 2nd and social media soon after. And yes, I know what you're thinking. We're going to be doing a giveaway each month. It could be a sweet deck like this it could be a sweet card it could be a starter kit it really just depends on what level one gaming can hook us up with but you know what we'd love you to leave us some feedback on youtube and whatever podcast platform you listen to uh, smash that subscribe smash that like <laughs> uh if you enjoyed it feel free to leave that positive feedback or whatever star review makes others want to tune in as well and if you'd like to reach out to us and also know more ways you can enter into the contest here's how you can do that you can reach me at mr comma number five on twitter all spelled out except for the five big tuck where can they slither into your dms you can find me on Twitter at BigTuckTweeting. That's it. Just Big, <laughs> just big Tuck, just big tuck Tweeting. Big Tuck I'll Tweeting. Uh, you can reach our main account at CMD Tower on Twitter as well. We can also go to our website, cmdtower.com, where we will have the deck list and uh, the article posted. Um, you can also find us on Facebook at CMD Tower. Basically, all you have to do is go in to the series of tubes and oh, type gosh. in. Uh, we, haven't, we have let that series of tubes go. Wait, it's had it too good for too long. We gotta start. We just gotta start bringing that back in. Yeah, yeah. It needed a break. Oh, that's true. Well, long. you can go type in "cultivate Magus of the Wheel decimate Ooh. tower" and you'll nice. find us. Okay.
If you want to engage our great audio production team for your own future projects, how would they do that squee? Oh, you can find me on Facebook or Instagram at Rich Chaos Records. You can find me on Twitter at Dear Squee. Uh, I guess uh, uh, if you want to bring up any issues you're having in the COVID series of uh, <laughs> being stuck at home, feel free to ask me. I'll, I'll give you a prompt and ready answer. They do music, they do podcasts, and they do have a full studio. So if you want to be in the Kansas City metro area, he can send you pictures, but you can't go there because <laughs> you'll infect look, everyone. Look, not touch. That is look, correct. Touch. Stay away. Uh, if you want to support the show as well as hook up our sponsor with the orders you're already doing, just head over to level1gameshop.com. When you place an order in the order notes, just type in CMD Tower. So they know that you came from the collective. It's a collective. Outside of their own storefront, they do have a TCG store with over 99% accuracy rating and very competitive prices. And they also are the exclusive carriers of that CMD Tower playmat and sleeves we religiously talk about, <laughs> as well as everything else you need from a Magic the Gathering and gaming perspective. Another way you can support the cast is head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash CMD. Tower. We have several different reward tiers from as simple as Discord access to even getting a guest spot on the episode with your own sweet, sweet brew. As well as each tier gives you additional entries into the monthly giveaways. And of course, thank you again to Pink Royal for the music they provided in all of our episodes. So, Big Tuck, how do you feel about how Zero's going to let all these snakes (laughs) on this motherfucker? Plane. Uh, yeah, I think, like I said, I think this is the most interesting teamer deck ever, to be honest. Uh, it's got a lot of different ways to go with it. And I think what you'll find is you'll find, you'll. I think everyone that builds this will find their groove, right? They'll, they'll realize like, oh, all these token enhancers don't do anything. I'm never getting in the red zone. I'm just blocking and sure. and burning. Or you're like, ooh, these like, I'm starting to get in these situations where these tokens are doing a little bit more. Um, so I, I think this is a deck that, I think this is a deck that's, that's really good as is, but I think you'll you'll as you play it you'll continue to find like what parts of it that you really like and which one of those you really want to stick with and you know i think the cool thing about this commander if you're looking to build it for your local play group or your distance play group um i think the direction that you go is going to depend on your play group yeah yeah yeah. so like our our play group in my opinion has gotten a little bit further away from the combat damage Mm -hmm go wide it's more i'm kind of focused in like paco the taco yeah yeah uh i'm, I'm doing combo-y type lot, things not necessarily infinite combos yeah, but a lot good of, synergy a lot of like propaganda a lot of like don't attack me because i'm building this thing right which yes which i don't particularly care for but that's just me i like, yeah, I like my battle i like my battle cruisers so i think but i think that, that's, i think that's, i think that's, that's why this, i think that's why this deck is shined so much in our play group because you don't even need to worry about the red zone Correct, but then I think if you're in other playgroups where it is battle cruiser doing damage, then that's going to be more of a hey, I do want all these snakes, I do yeah. want all these buffs, so that way, yeah, you swing at me with your twenty twenty, but I can combo block with ten two two snakes, right. and it doesn't yeah. even make a dent in my Absolutely. army. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think it'll be playgroup dependent, but I would say guys, when you first build it, try to do like I did, where it's a peanut butter spread yeah. of go wide token ETB wheel effects draw card effects and then you can start to synergize it and focus it uh, as you just, play just it. don't let that go on too long or else it'll turn into uh ghost of girlfriends past deck and we don't want that <laughs> very very true well as uh our man sam jackson once said F- you 